Hi, I'm indie fantasy author Melinda Cusera, and in this episode of Fantasy Lore and More, Celine Jean Jean, is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Cool. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. I forgot to ask you before we started. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. You did great. <laughs> awesome. So Celine is joining me to talk about her book, Once Upon a Time. And she has some a very interesting story world that it takes place in that we're also going to talk about. So it's very exciting. So welcome, Celine. And let's talk. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for coming. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. All right. Now tell us about Once Upon a Time. Okay. So it's actually Once Upon a Time. There's not the, there isn't the, the A. Oh. Um, <laughs> that's okay. You know, you know and, I'm staring right at it and I, it is not there, but for I'm so used to the phrase once exactly. upon a time. <laughs> it just kind of rolls off the tongue. Um, so the concept with once upon time and time is spelled T-H-Y-M-E is that it's actually a, a place, it's a little country in which all the fairy tales that we, you know, that we know, all the fairy tales actually take place there. So it's like the real um, the real place and the real people of the fairy tales that we know. And the idea being that we have kind of forgotten about this little country, but we remembered the name, that the name kind of stayed in our culture. And that's why we start our fairy tales with Once Upon a Time. But actually it's based on this on this little quirky country. And um, in this, this little place, Once Upon a Time, a lot of things aren't very logical. Um, it's a world that there's a lot of royals, there's a lot of princesses, there's a lot of princes, there's a lot of fairies, fairy godmothers, there's a lot of pretty milkmaids, there's a lot of courageous shepherds. But for example, there's not much in the way of middle classes and um, things don't work very well because courageous shepherds are very often crowned king and they're absolutely unqualified to rule. And medicine is discouraged from progressing because queens are supposed to die in childbirth when they give birth to a daughter so the daughter can grow up without a, a mother. And, you know, because that's, again, a trope that's very common in, um, in fantasy. And so there's all these sort of... Um, um, rules, I guess, in this um, in this place, and and everybody has to live. The princesses and the princes have to live according to the fairy tale storylines, and so they they sort of have to to um, uh, obey the rules of a fairy tale. But the idea is that these are ordinary people. They're not actually the people that we that we read about in the traditional fairy tales. So they're all trying to figure out their place in the world. And they're trying to make it work, even if they don't really fit the fairy tale expectation so is is our is our protagonist in once upon time someone who doesn't fit the expectation or someone who does fit the expectations no she doesn't fit so actually in in um in the story pretty much none of the sort of main and even secondary characters fit the expectations so the fairy godmother uh likes a drink she likes to <laughs> eat chocolate she keeps chasing after the gardener she mislays her wand um, Prince Charming is really shy, very awkward, does not like talking to young, attractive women, like literally can't speak. He just wants to be left alone. Um, the evil stepmother is is not very evil at all. She's very gardening obsessed and she can't seem to remember to actually be mean to her stepdaughter. And then the main character is the princess, Adriana. And um, and same, she doesn't really feel like she fits the bill of a princess. She doesn't she actually isn't particularly interested in the happy ever after. She doesn't particularly want to get a prince. She knows that that's what she's supposed to do, but she's she's not that fussed about it. And she's quite happy in this ramshackle little castle. She's drinking wine with her fairy godmother and she's very close with her evil stepsister. And 
she knows that she doesn't fit the norm. She's supposed to have an evil stepmother that who's mean to her. She's supposed to hate her or, you know, have an evil stepsister who's mean to her as well. And she's supposed to be dreaming of the tiara and the ball gown and the, the balls and the princes. And she doesn't want any of those things. What does she want? I mean, at the start of the story, she just wants to be left alone. She just wants to be able to continue in her life with, um, you know, she loves she loves her home. She actually loves her family, even though, you know, everybody's a little bit quirky and unusual. But she's actually quite happy. She doesn't particularly want things to change. Um, but unfortunately, she doesn't have that option because the princess can't stay unmarried and just live out her life in her castle without a prince and without a happy ever after and this is part of the rules of once upon time there has to be a happily ever after and if she if she just stays as she is eventually she will end up losing um her her home and the people that she loves because this is not possible in once upon time so she has to fit within the rules so, so she would have to become a witch or she would have to become a secondary character in another fairy tale she would cease to be the main character of her fairy tale so either she finds a way to get to a happy ever after or she ceases to be the ceases to be the the main character in that fairy tale and she has to become a, a supporting character basically in, in another fairy tale um and so she she doesn't she although she doesn't want the happy ever after she's kind of forced to find a way um to get there and and the other um thing about once upon time is the princesses are all forever because if you look at the traditional fairy tales princesses are um locked in towers they are cursed they are rendered mute they are basically forced to go through all sorts of quite terrible things and then princes come along and rescue them mm. and so princesses are all sort of in once upon time having to put themselves through these like really quite you know horrible situations in the hope that that will catch the attention of a prince and that the prince will then come along, rescue them, propose marriage, and then they get to the happy ever after and whew, everybody's okay. And so Adriana's left with, she needs to find a way to the happy ever after. And so she needs to create some kind of situation in order to attract a prince to be able to come along and um, and propose and 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 create the ending that, that, um, that she's supposed to reach to. But of course, nothing goes to plan. <laughs> So wait, so let's go back before we go to the nothing goes to plan because mm. that's always that can be fun for us readers, but not so yeah. fun for the characters. What <laughs> what was so if she had if she did become a secondary character in someone else's story, does she lose like her autonomy? Like like how does she like do they like I guess they're aware on some level that about like what is what happened what would happen if that happened to someone i'm curious so, so they they are aware of the fact that there are rules and they and the rules are referred to as storylines they are aware that they are supposed to to live their lives according to certain storylines so they're mm -hmm. very aware of all the possible storylines and they have to find a way to make things work according to they can pick whatever storyline but it needs to fit a particular storyline mm -hmm. but um if if she's if she's unable to to make it work um, as a princess, then she would get reassigned. So because once upon time is not a normal place like our real world, um, she wouldn't be able to just have a sort of normal kind of life. She would have to be either a witch. She would have to be most likely would end up being a witch and. And in order to do that, witches tend to be very ugly. They tend to have so witches are often people who have failed in their fairy tale and then they get their faces rearranged and they kind of get forced into this witch role to then go and be the the um 
the antagonist in another in another um, in another fairy tale. So then, and and then her castle wouldn't be able wouldn't be allowed. Like she loves her home, and you know the, the castle would then yeah. go to somebody else. So another sort of fairy tale would take place there, and then her evil stepsister, who's actually very dear to her heart, the same thing would happen to her evil stepsister because her evil stepsister would stop being the supporting character in this particular fairy tale. So she would have to be reassigned to another storyline. And she wouldn't just be an evil stepsister. She probably also would go have to go through something quite unpleasant to be sort of put in that in that role. So basically, she has to find a way to make um, a fairy tale storyline work with her as the princess, and it has to end in a happy ever after, in order to stop that from happening. I see. That's a lot of pressure. Yes, that is a lot of pressure, um, and and especially because because her family is actually. Well, her family, who who are her fairy godmother, her evil stepmother, and her evil stepsister, are very, very close to her heart and, and very dear to her. And she's desperately trying to make sure that they that they are all okay and that they can all continue living together in in this very ramshackle little castle. So I guess they're not evil if she they're, they're dear to her. <laughs> well, they're, they're so, supposed they're, to be evil. They're supposed to be evil, but. But they're not. This is the thing. Right. None of the none of the aspects, like the technically all the aspects of the fairy tale are there. You know, she has an evil stepmother and an evil stepsister. So, it, you know, and she has a fairy godmother. So this could very easily be like a Cinderella type story. The problem is her, her stepmother is very distracted, loves to garden. But because she's so distracted, does not remember to be evil to her stepdaughter. She's just off in her garden. And her, her evil stepsister is actually cute and and nice and so it's not evil so actually the elements are there but but nothing is is working as it should and that's part of why the fairy tale is not working because there are no obstacles and she's quite happy as she is and so the the, the storyline yeah. not working so she has to find a way to make to make this work that's interesting that that's such a neat twist that like the it's all the elements are there but it's not there because they're not evil and does she need to make them be evil or she needed to, or because they're evil, she needed some other outside um, element to push her into this, which is that she'll have to become a witch and, and everybody will get thrown out of the castle and, and so who she knows what will happen. She, she's not going to try and, and um, make them evil. What she does is the, the sort of like the trump card, like the ultimate, um, thing that is guaranteed to attract a prince is a dragon. So, like, if there is a dragon that is sort of there, and if you're a, a, a being guarded by a dragon, if a dragon has come to the castle and has kind of taken over and guaranteed all the princes in the land nearby are all going to be rushing over to you know slay the foul beast and save the princess and save the day, like that's just so that's the that's the guarantee. If she finds herself a dragon and she can get a dragon to 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 come and um and take her prisoner basically in and the castle then she will be able to get the the you know the the required prince to come along slay the dragon and propose marriage but obviously getting a dragon is not exactly an easy thing um and so that's what she sets off on doing she she sets off with her drunk fairy godmother and um a stable hand who's very annoying because she doesn't get along with at all obviously and uh and she goes in search of um of a dragon in the hope that this will bring about the conditions that she needs to get to the happy ever after. Oh, wow. But it, it sounds like the, the Prince Charming, you were saying he, he just wants to be left alone. So it doesn't sound like a dragon is going to 
um, get him involved. No, um, there's there's a lot of princes. He's just one of the he's one of oh. many princes. So there's she doesn't care time, who. Yeah, she's like I really don't care who at this point. She's like I don't want to get married to anybody. So none, nobody is going to be a good choice. But if I want to keep my family safe and if I want to keep living in this castle and if I want to keep everything as it is, somebody needs to. I, I need to get married to a prince. Doesn't matter who. Um, and no, I see, she needs a warm body. <laughs> yeah. Basically, <laughs> but no, Prince Prince Charming, who's actually called Charming, definitely is not the dragon slaying kind of prince. Um, and he also part of the thing as well that sets off the the story because the 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 um, the timeline, I guess, it, that in order to for, like for her to go and reach the um, the happy ever after, kind of gets um, brought forward because Prince Charming in a ball meets the evil stepmother and the evil stepmother is so distracted and thinking about her garden and she's she's there at Prince Charming's palace at the ball and she wants to see the roses and so he's there showing her around the roses and the whole time um, she barely acknowledges that he's even there. She's just talking about her garden, about her gardener, about her roses and she's just talking and talking and talking. Does not require Charming to respond to listen like just is barely aware that charming is even there and Prince charming <laughs> is like this is the most incredible woman she doesn't require me to listen she doesn't require me to talk this is like this is the most comfortable i've ever been in the presence of a woman and so the next day he proposes marriage to the evil stepmother which obviously is a complete breach in the yeah. way a prince charming is not supposed to propose to the evil stepmother and that's the point at which the evil stepmother says to adriana we need to do something very quickly because things are getting completely out of hand and this fairy tale is failing and so adriana just goes okay i'm gonna need to have to find a dragon this is like the ultimate thing that's guaranteed to make this fairy tale work um and yeah, and so the I mean the idea ultimately is that all these all these characters are all quite quirky and they're all a bit weird and none of them fit the norm. Like none of them fit right. the norm that they're supposed to fit. And um and the idea is that at some point there will be a happy ever after. And so even though these people are all a little bit quirky and a bit unusual and unconventional and they really don't fit the norm, like they still find a place in once upon a time and they still reach the happy ever after because the idea being that obviously everybody deserves a happy ever after even you know princes prince charmings who are not you know handsome and courageous <laughs> and evil stepmothers yeah. who are not particularly evil and a princess who doesn't particularly care like all these people they still deserve a happy ever after so that's the, that's also the um like mm -hmm. the, the theme behind the the whole story that's that's such a good neat concept so, like it, it sounds like though that she didn't have to get the dragon she could have just like talked him to death <laughs> just looking for somebody that he wasn't going to have to put in any emotional labor <laughs> it sounds like she's going through a lot of effort when there was an easier way <laughs> maybe but i mean i guess if the evil stepmother is very obsessed with her garden like she would maybe not realize maybe yeah, I could see that she would not realize why the prince was interested in her. <laughs> <laughs> no, she has no real idea. And and he proposes so awkwardly that she takes a while to even understand that she's, because she's also thinking about her garden, that that she, to understand that he's proposing, to understand that he's interested. Um, but the, once the proposal has been made and it's official, like things are in motion and the fairy tale yeah. is 
has started to fail because yeah in fairy tales princes don't don't propose to um evil stepmothers no matter that they're um you know <laughs> monologuing and and um and and even if the prince feels comfortable with her like that's not that's not the way things are supposed to happen right 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 and 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 that's a sign that it's failing that things that are not yeah. supposed to be happening i guess she didn't notice that it was failing when she was obsessed with her garden and not interested in making her stepdaughter's life a living hell <laughs> Exactly. And th there is a point at which she she admits and she apologizes, like when she realizes that things are failing, she apologizes to, to Adriana saying, I'm sorry, I'm realizing that I've been a terrible, evil stepmother. Um, because she's exactly she's she's failed to be evil. And she's failed to kind of provide the the impossible odds or, you know, that that princes are supposed to overcome in order to win their princesses if there's no obstacle, because this is the thing in the traditional fairy tales. Like, yeah, obviously, there always has to be conflict. We know this for a story to work and what have you, but but also there's this there's this thing where the, these princesses don't seem to have any value of themselves. It's only because they're being locked away or they're being, you know, um, cursed and they're being rendered mute and and all that. Then suddenly they're interesting. But do, do you see what I mean? There, there's yeah. also this, this idea of like a princess in and of herself is not in, is not interested. She needs to be. Um, placed in this kind of impossible solution uh, situation, sorry, for a prince to come along and um, and save her. That sucks that she doesn't have any value until she's in this like you're right, like in this impossible situation. Yeah, exactly, and that's also like that's also um, a thing that um, Adriana struggles with because she um, she's aware of this. You know, she's she's aware that because that that she herself is not enough. And she herself is is actually not interesting, you know. She doesn't have an evil stepmother, really. Who's, who's doing a decent job? She doesn't really have anything bad in her life. Therefore, she has no value. She has no interest. Princes are not interested in 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 her. I mean, to be fair, she is not particularly interested in in them either. But she's very aware of the fact that that yes, that um, she's that, got a good life. <laughs> But she's got a good life, but therefore that makes her have no value in this world. Um, right. And she, she's and ineligible for holding on to the life that she has, it sounds exactly. like. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's also part of the the transformation. It's it's also part of of her story. It's it's kind of getting to a place where she actually starts to feel valuable and not um because at the start of this of, of the story, she also carries a lot of a lot of shame and a lot of um guilt um about the fact that well a that she's that she's failing at the one thing that she's supposed to do in life like her she has one role as a princess and that is for a prince to propose to her preferably rescue her first propose to her and you know and she's failing at that but also because in order to to um try to make her fairy tale work she's going to have to go and find a dragon get the dragon to come back to the castle and then a prince will have to slay the dragon so she's going to be getting a dragon killed um just so that because she of because she herself was not enough to be able to make the fairy tale work so there's there's also a lot of there's a, there's very much an arc of transformation for that character in terms of like um getting to a place where she feels more confident about who she is like kind of getting to that place of feeling like she actually does have value that she actually does do things that are useful that she actually has agency about her her whole life because otherwise the role of a princess in a fairy tale is always very passive they they get cursed they get acted upon mm -hmm. and then they just kind of wait and then somebody comes along and rescues them and then ta-da happy ever after 
And so this is also about her like finding her agency and actually carving a place for herself in the world. Um, because the happy ever after does not really look like the the what it should but she 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 ends up creating something carving a a, a, um, a place for herself and a road for herself and a story for herself that fits with who she is and who her family is like it fits them all it's not a normal fairy tale but in the end it works and that's and that's kind of her her um, her journey as well emotionally that's wild but like if she has to go get the dragon convince the dragon to take her like hostage like, how is she going to convince the dragon to take her hostage if she went and found the dragon? And like, like that's got to be one hell of a conversation. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what can you possibly offer a dragon? Like, you went and sought them out, and and now you and you've shown that you're sort of you're plucky. You've got your maybe not like not powerful in the sense of having magical powers or anything, but you you've got like you're a force to be taken to be reckoned with uh, you know because not everybody goes seeking dragons to make deals with them and then you want them to come back and take over your castle so you can go back to a passive role like i would think the dragon would have a problem with that <laughs> because like yeah yeah no the dragon is not um the dragon does not is 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 absolutely not interested obviously um so this is this is part of the it's also part of the challenge um forcing forcing how do you force a dragon um to do what the dragon does not want to do um and obviously like i like i'll i'll i don't want to reveal sort of like yeah, how, yeah. She, how she goes about doing that but yeah that that's that's also part of the difficulty um it's a it's a it's a very tricky situation for her to be in but um yeah and she has to she has to find a way with uh with her drunk fairy godmother in tow and um and a stable hand who actually is trying to stop her as well because Part of the part of um, another sort of issue with Once Upon Time is that because princes are forever slaying dragons, um, you know, to yeah. slay the dragon, conquer and and rescue the the fair maiden and what have you. Well, the dragon population is getting quite low. Like they're not you know endangered, but they're kind of like headed in that direction. And so he's trying to stop her from finding the dragon because he does not want another dragon to be slaughtered in the name of making a fairy tale work. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's the, there's an, an extra there's an added layer of difficulty. Oh wow! And what if the dragon thing fails? What if she can't get the dragon? Like, what else could she try? Like, what else do you try when your fairy tale is failing? If if you can't get a dragon? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing that the that's that's kind of like she doesn't really have a plan B because um, the the other things that she could try. Uh, well, she does have potential plan Bs, but they they're pretty risky. What she could do, for example, is get a witch to curse her, like maybe make her mute or turn her into a swan. Like again, these are you know um, elements from 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 other fairy tales. But Adriana is really scared because already, as she is now, no prince is interested in her, and so she's afraid that what if she gets a witch to curse her and render her mute, and still that fails and then she has to spend the rest of her life mute what if she gets turned into a swan and she's still not able to get a prince to break the spell and propose and and what have you and so that's also part of the shame that she has at the beginning of the story is that she knows that she could take some riskier ways for her um and she's 
feels very um, badly about it that she's being, I guess, a little bit cowardly and going for the, I mean, it's still not an easy option, but she's going for the dragon option because she just can't stand the idea of having to go through these these other options and sort of really putting herself in these really bad situations. She'd rather take a chance with with the dragons than with a, with a dragon, sorry, rather than um, yeah, get um, get cursed or get um, locked away in a tower or get get turned into some kind of animal. What she needs to do is bribe a prince to rescue her. <laughs> I don't know if that would fix the fairy tale. <laughs> she could i suppose she could that's um that's a good point she could but then you'd have to find a prince who would be willing to be um to be bright because obviously they get a lot of um they get a lot of female attention and there's a lot of princes on offer and so like you know if um if uh there's a How princess who's yeah. So on a feeling that she needs to bribe, then the, the a prince, then maybe that prince would not be that interested in them. Um, well, in, she just uh, needs to the the half labor after, which I assume means they get married. If if it, if it breaks down after that, the fairy tale doesn't care because it ends at the wedding. Yeah, <laughs> they exactly. could get divorced five minutes later, and it it won't <laughs> matter. I don't think. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, it's it, that's also something that I, I have in the story as like a side. Um, it's it's like a um, it's not a major character at all, but um, she goes to visit um, to get advice. She goes to visit a, a friend of hers um, who's Sleeping Beauty, and so you get to have a little look at what life is like after the happy ever after. And I don't know, she doesn't find it that rosy. Like with with um, with Sleeping Beauty, her husband has a thing for unconscious women. <laughs> so, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and so she has to often like just lie there and like pretend to be unconscious and Adriana's like really like that's that's what it's like after the happy ever after and um, Aurora's like yeah it's not so bad you know it's just okay it's a little bit boring at times but you know overall like it's it's pretty good and and but that's that is her life like she has she has a husband with a with a <laughs> with a fetish for unconscious women so most of the time they don't actually talk she's just kind of lying there <laughs> unconscious oh wow um, yeah well, because we never get to see that. We we like yeah. in the traditional fairy tales, that's the idea. There's always this, this sort of this cutoff point of like, and they lived happily ever after. And and it was kind of fun to like wonder, well, but really when you think about it, like the prince that comes along with sleep like with sleeping beauty and and you know, who's who's drawn to an unconscious woman, like it's a little bit you know, it's a little bit weird. Yes, <laughs> now, you know, now that you mentioned it, like I never thought about it, but you, yeah, that is a little bit weird. Kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, and and the, yeah, wow. How do they have so many princes? Like, how do you? I, mean, with, I guess all their parents were kings and queens, but how do you have? Is there like every every acre is another castle? <laughs> how how is that? This well, this is the thing about once upon about once upon time, which which a lot of things kind of defy like logic um, in this in this little this little weird country, and that's one of the things that they have a lot of royals. There's a lot of princes. There's a lot of princesses, and and they're all sort of um, you know bound by these fairy tales. But there's there's a lot of them. So there's like in in parallel, there's all these different fairy tales happening. And so, for example, um, Adriana, the main character, is um, is uh, aware of. Um, the Little Mermaid, um, who you know, who um, like whose fairy tale like took place, and she's heard about it. So they all kind of know about the other fairy tales. Like it's, it, all these fairy tales are happening, and there's just a lot of them. It's it's not a logical thing because you know, uh, in a normal in a normal place, you couldn't have that many rules. But that's 
that's the that's one of the particular things about Once Upon a Time, and that's also part of what makes the country sort of lack rhyme or reason is that you have a lot of royals, you have a lot of shepherds and milkmaids, but you don't really have much of the in between, like the people that that sort of do the sort of regular jobs and there's 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 a few there's enough to kind of keep things going but um but it's mostly it's this sort of um unbalanced um little country and so that's also why the rules are so important because it does not have the normal things that a country needs in order to run properly and work properly um it completely relies on these fairy tales working that's what keeps the country together the, this place it's not even really a country this this place together and how how does that keep it together though well the, the I mean, fairy tales working i don't how does that yeah well it's it's um i guess like it's it's magic it's just the the this place is it's not a, a real country like like you know what we have in the real world but it's just it's a place that's just governed by by fairy tales and the way that the that this place sort of exists is by fairy tales happening the way that they're supposed to be and with happy ever afters you know ending the fairy tales and and so long as that happens everything is fine like we don't know what i mean at this point i haven't explored that in them um, because there's only one book out so far um what would happen if the happy ever afters stopped coming um but at the moment that's that's just kind of the status quo like that's what keeps things kind of level um and um yeah and so and and hence the and there there are there actually are people in once upon time whose job it is to make sure that things you know operate as they should and if they see that a fairy tale is failing then they come along and they kind of like rearrange things as needed to set off another fairy tale but to kind of keep things running you know according to the according to the rules of fairy tales do fairy tales ever like conflict with each other like like two happy at the same time just you know cause some kind of conflicts because they need certain el they both need certain elements and they both can't have those certain elements at the same time that's an interesting idea actually um i haven't i mean in 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 this particular book that hasn't happened but it probably very very much could um yeah because you could have you could have two fairy tales cause sort of colliding and and then s sort of getting messy and entangled and somehow having to like find a way back to their separate ha um, happy ever after um but yeah because there's there's so many different fairy tales happening all at the same time that that could very possibly happen and um, especially yeah. with the fact that you're running out of dragons because a lot of if they if if multiple exactly. ones require a dragon and and there's not many left i could see there being a fight over the dragon <laughs> exactly exactly yeah well and and i mean this is the, this is actually this is a good point actually i hadn't i hadn't thought about different fairy tales colliding and i'm a discovery writer so i literally go like i start and then i just go so i've, I've got this like one fairy tale retelling oh, i think you must have given away too much of the plot and the character oh is it did, did the fairy tale get mad <laughs> yeah there you go yeah <laughs> I must have given something away that I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> Broke the rules of fairy tales. <laughs> well, you are a discovery writer, so we're discovering the book in the interview. So. <laughs> exactly. We're discovering what what this what the fairy tale will let you talk about. <laughs> exactly, and we're discovering that I obviously touched on something that I wasn't supposed to talk about. <laughs> um, <laughs> um but yeah no i was um i was saying before before the um the fairy tale sort of stepped in and, and cut me off <laughs> um yeah because i'm a discovery writer i sort of start and then i i i explore as i go and um 
so at the moment I've I've got the first um book which is its own little um fairy tale retelling and then I'll be sort of playing around with what other kinds of problematic fairy tales there are in um in Once Upon Time so yeah who knows there might be a point where um where multiple fairy tales collide and um, and things would get pretty messy actually <laughs> I could see how that would yeah. get because a lot of them require princes. I don't know if a lot of them require like other limited things. Well, you've got a lot of princes, but if the same prince worked for multiple fairy tales, which seems yeah. like the bar for Prince Charming in the fairy tale is pretty low. You be male and be a prince. <laughs> pretty pretty be much. Yeah. I mean, and they all have, I mean, they all they all get blessed at birth, so they all are like ridiculously good looking. And, that, and that's also um um Something else that Adriana finds really boring about them is that they're all ridiculously handsome, but they all kind of kind of look the same. They just have that sort of like generic handsome look to them, all of them. Um, but yeah, um, and they all at some point or another, like they're all sort of going to be taking parts in, part in um, in in various fairy tales. Um, and then you also have very pretty, yeah, milkmaids and very handsome shepherds you know how there's always a shepherd like I I'm, I'm struggling to think of a fairy tale like a real fairy tale off the top of my head but um with with she but there's often like the you know there's like a princess and then there's like a plucky shepherd that comes and like passes all the the trials and then you know ends up getting crowned king and yeah um a lot of those as well so um, at some point I, in, in one of the future books I definitely want to play around with with that idea as well of because when you think about it as well like, that's something else that doesn't make sense uh, you know a shepherd that's been tending to a flock for most of his life and then suddenly is like okay now you're king off you go <laughs> yeah how do you how do you what does a happily ever after for that look like <laughs> exactly exactly what's um like yeah how would that look and then what what the hell happens to like that that region or that country or whatever because yeah. that is not somebody who's going to be very experienced with ruling anything no um, no I hope he has good advisors. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, there's a lot of I don't know. I, I'm, I mean, I, I really enjoy fairy tales, but also when you look at them from a um, uh, like like logical perspective, there's a lot of things that obviously are just so illogical and and just don't make much sense. So it's quite it's quite good fun to kind of like play with that and and explore right, that. right. Mm. No, that's really cool. Uh, and you mentioned that this is the, the only book that's out. Is this going to be a series? Yes. Um, so it's going to be a series of standalones where each book will cover a different um, fairy tale retelling. Um, so I think the next one, um, I'm so at the moment, I'm, I'm still sort of um, finishing off, um, like the, the story is finished, but like finishing off the, the publishing of Once Upon a Time. But I so I haven't started writing the next one, but I've I've got a few ideas. So I think the next one might be a Snow White based um retelling, possibly. Um, we'll see. Possibly from the point of view of the evil stepmother this time. And what is go on? I was gonna say who obviously is not actually gonna be that evil. <laughs> and what was the fairy tale that you were playing with in Once Upon Time? I mean, that one is, it's kind of a mashup, I guess. The closest That's what I one, thought. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a mashup of different, it's got a lot of different elements. I wasn't yeah. playing to tell one fairy tale, I was just playing with a general fairy yeah. tale. It's, it's, it's got like a, quite a few elements in common with Cinderella. So, yeah. I mean, and, you know, the evil stepmother, the evil stepsister, the fairy godmother, she's going to the ball. 
Um, but then everything just goes in a completely different direction. So yeah, but she wasn't that. a princess in, in that one. Yeah. True. True, true, true. Um, yeah, so it's it's more of a mashup. It's not it's not it's not a it's not a, it's supposed to be a Cinderella retelling. It's um, it's just like a, a mashup of the genre. No, it sounds really cool. And uh, and and is there? So do you do you know when the next one might be out? We're recording this on February twenty fourth, twenty twenty four. So any estimates that Celine gives us are based upon that date. <laughs> yes. Um, so, because at the moment, so I'm I'm running a Kickstarter campaign for Once Upon Time, and so, which is running until the 14th of March. So I'm going to be focused on that and then fulfilling the campaign. Um, but I would, I would expect that probably by like autumn this year, probably I should mm -hmm. have, I should have the next one. That's that's kind of a very loose um a very loose plan we'll sort of have to see how things evolve but yeah probably around around sort of september october time are you gonna play are you gonna release it through a kickstarter as well probably um because it's kickstarter i found is a lot of fun um because well a i i really love like beautiful books i love the the sort of the hard covers and special editions and with kickstarter you can do that like with the the illustrations and beautiful chapter headers and really making a, a beautiful book, which I love. But it's also been a lot of fun because um, I got to create a lot of cool stuff around the book. So things like character art and things like that, this, like or um, uh, adopting a dragon. You know how like with wildlife conservation in our world, you can like adopt a panda, for example, and then you get like an adoption certificate and then you might get like postcard updates and things like that. So I did a, a similar thing where you can, because dragons are um, in... Um, uh, a little bit endangered in Once Upon Time, so I did a adopt a dragon um, kind of thing as part of the Kickstarter. So it was a lot of fun creating all the all the things kind of like around the book as well. So I think I'm going to keep um, I'm going to keep doing that for for future books because it's even just for me, it's just it's just good fun. And so far, like my readers seem to be um, also kind of enjoying um, the the that that format. So the the campaign format. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the current Kickstarter. This is for a very pretty special edition version. What bells and whistles are you adding to this? So it's going to have um, it's going to have illustrations. It's got so the hardcover has twenty two illustrations. It's going to have uh, custom chapter headers. So each uh, chapter will have like a two page uh, black and white illustration spread. Um, it's going to have a dust jacket, so there's going to be art on the case laminate, and then there's going to be a dust jacket with silver foiling, um, and yeah, and so that's that's uh, and there's going to be well, it's going to be uh, digitally signed as well, um, and then there's going to be like vellum inserts, which is um, you know that sort of see-through um, kind of paper with like an illustration kind of printed on it, so you can insert that into the book, um, and there's going to be character art. Um, there's going to be an extra short story, which is um, not like a once upon time um, short story. It's a it's a very loose retelling of the Little Mermaid, but with a kraken instead of um, instead of a mermaid. Um, and yeah, like lots of fun little extras. There's even like a crumble recipe because um, at the start of Once Upon Time, Adriana's eating crumble from apple crumble from the dish. So I have the recipe for for the apple crumble and um, little little fun things like that. And there's actually going to be um, 
a postcard, um, like as a bonus, it's going to be a postcard update from Adriana after the happy ever after. So just to kind of see like what what her life is like um, after her happy ever after. And if it's hopefully as um, as amazing as it's supposed to be and not like what Sleeping Beauty has with her husband who has a, <laughs> a penchant for unconscious women. That is so weird. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And, and, and the, mer the little mermaid retelling, does he have a fish fetish? <laughs> <laughs> well, so with the little mermaid retelling, the so there's, it's it's not a mermaid, it's a kraken who goes through, it's actually, it's, it's kind of like, not only is it a kraken instead of a mermaid, it's also gender bent. So the kraken is male, like the mermaid character is like a male kraken, and then there's like a human woman. Um, and... No, she the the human woman doesn't doesn't have a fish fetish or a kraken fetish. <laughs> Thankfully, so she doesn't have any weird. There's no weird fetishes there. <laughs> no, no, that and that story wasn't it wasn't written as part of like the Once Upon Time universe, but it's it's still a fairy tale retelling. It's so it's more of a it's more it, it's still a bit of an unusual retelling in the sense that there's a kraken, but it's it's not got any of the sort of mm, weird and and wonderful like quirky characters they're more sort of um uh regular characters i guess <laughs> that's cool and in the sequel to once upon time will we see adriana and the whatever prince charlie she ends up with <laughs> will we see an update about them possibly yes. Yeah, they will. Um, I, I want the, the structure to be a little bit like, um, you know, like a series of romance novels where like the couple from book one will often like appear as like a, a cameo, or, like, you know, make a quick appearance in like in the books in the later series. So you can kind of see how they're doing. So at some point, um, Adriana and her, you know, happy ever after man <laughs> will um, will make an appearance in, in book two. Yeah. In, in the later books for sure. And and. And and then whoever like the the book two um, characters will also appear in like books three and four. So everybody will sort of be there on the sidelines. It's just every book will focus on a on a different um, on a different fairy tale. Adriana could set up shop and give advice to other princesses who exactly. are facing a failing, um, you know, a failing fairy tale. Fairy yeah. tale. Yeah, she, <laughs> she could set up could... a consulting business, like a princess consulting business. How to how to. <laughs> Is your fairy tale failing? Call Adriana. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. She could have like little little flies or something. Wishing your yeah working more smoothly. <laughs> Call one eight hundred dragon. Struggling to get the attention of a prince. <laughs> yeah, I have that could be that could be hilarious. <laughs> that could be really funny, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's the fun thing with this with this um with this concept. There's, there's so many like fun things that you can kind of spin on their heads like I really love the idea of a consulting business in in a world of fairy tales because the two things are just like so <laughs> or a support group it sounds like these people are yes these people need a support group and therapy yeah seriously the yeah. the the fair the failing fairy tale support group <laughs> exactly exactly yeah how to deal with with, fail with failure when you're a failing princess yeah do the do the princes ever do they have any do they get bent out of shape when their fairy tale is failing do they have any negative consequences or they just go about their business and don't care they just go about their business the the um the the weight the burden is very much on the princesses which is kind of like a parallel to the the traditional fairy tales where you know like the princesses go through all these horrible things and the princesses the 
God, it's really hard to say like prince and princess plural and like differentiate them. So the princesses <laughs> go through all the horrible things and then the princes just come along and just kind of rescue them and well, everybody's happy. But like it's always the princess who's going through something really or not always, but mostly um, the princess going through something really, really difficult. So, yeah, in Once Upon Time, um, the burden is very much on the princesses. They're the ones who have to make it work. And the princes are just quite oblivious and going about their princely lives. That's wild. That That's a, that's a little unfair, too, to the to the princesses having to deal yeah. with all this and taking the, the burden upon themselves. They should rebel, man. They should. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like first the support group, then the rebellion group, and then like maybe right? completely changing the way. That could be fun, and that could open them up to like all different things. Well, but then and then it would then beg the question of like, what would Once Upon Time, what would what, how would it look if all the princesses stopped, you know, playing along and just um, you know, and uh, playing along with the fairy tales, and they all of them decided like, no, we're not doing this anymore, and like the what would happen next that's also um something to something that would be fun to explore that could be fun and then what comes next maybe they don't like it and they want to go back to the, that could be that could be like that could be so fun they 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 just they think they're getting something better and they're like you know this sucks <laughs> at least before we knew what we needed to do to get a half then it's more like real life where we don't know what we need to do to get to happily ever after if we ever will you know exactly. well well and also with life like you don't get a happy ever after and then like clunk, it ends like life just life just keeps on going so so yeah, yeah there's not this like cutoff point where you can go and go like okay now everything is good because it's the happy ever after and like there's no more issues and no more challenges for sure yeah so maybe yeah. If they do with the happy ever after then they have to deal with life which is a challenge in itself or they start disappearing because after the happily ever after, like there's nothing else for them to do, and the fairy tale doesn't need them anymore. They I could know. just start. They could start winking out, and that could be like, all right, we need to get out of this fairy tale because <laughs> we get the happily ever after, and then five minutes later, we don't exist anymore because <laughs> the fairy tale. We're not. They're not in service of the fairy tale anymore. Like I guess if the fairy tale got to this is so fun. I don't do fairy tale retelling, but now I'm thinking like that could be a fun thing to do. <laughs> I was just thinking it's super fun that we're kind of like brainstorming all the possible directions that this series could go into. <laughs> this is great. Like I came for a podcast interview and I'm having a brainstorming session. This is amazing. <laughs> That's what happens when you put two fantasy authors in a room with microphones. Yeah. Exactly. And then you end up playing like, what if, what if? Oh my God. Yeah. What if that? <laughs> I thought there've been quite a few interviews in here where we ended up just going off on a tangent and brainstorming <laughs> and I think that's part of the fun though because if you've written something like which you have which is which is so much in it which can go in so many different directions like if we had more fantasy authors in the room we'd be there'd be more brainstorming because <laughs> exactly. we, we'd all see a thread we can tug on a question that that that's niggling at us <laughs> exactly and then kind of kind of like follow in that direction go wait hold on but what if this happened and then what if that happened and then you kind of like <laughs> yeah you could be writing about this for many years to come there's just so much here it's such there's like it doesn't seem at first when you started talking about it, i didn't realize until i started like peeling back the layers and asking questions i'm like this 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 world goes deep <laughs> 
Yeah, well, and it, it exactly, there's just so much source material that you can play yeah. with. There's so many things that you can question, and there's so many premises that you can kind of like spin on their heads and and clash with. And yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of potential. So I'm I'm yeah, I'm excited for um for the next few books. And I'm kind of this is the fun thing about being a discovery writer. I don't know, are you do you yes. you yeah? I do, but the characters don't um Follow. They take the the outline as a polite suggestion, and they yeah. often set it on fire and go off and do something that has nothing to do with the, yeah. what was on the outline. So when <laughs> I, I announce that a book is coming, I say as little as possible about it because the little that I say, like maybe they'll do it, maybe they'll decide to do something completely different. Yeah, I mean that 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 sounds exactly like what my process is like as well. Where like I will often start a book and I'll have like a bit of an idea and I think, okay, I think this is gonna be going in this direction, but I don't outline, so I just start and then most of the time I'm like, nope, this is just not this is not going where okay, this is happening. Okay, so we're going in that direction. Okay, <laughs> this was not what I was expecting. Um, but that's that's I don't know. For me, that's the fun of being a discovery writer is that yeah. you you literally don't know what's going to happen next and you're kind of like discovering as you go. And it's, it's, it's kind of fun. Like it's fun of, to kind of like get surprised and be like, damn, this is happening. Okay. Okay. I guess this is happening. Off we go. <laughs> oh yeah. And especially since you're writing standalones, like I write in series where you would think that the events of the previous book and where we left off would dictate what goes on in the next book. And yet somehow the characters find a way to go in a different, completely different direction and at some point they'll be they'll, they'll make a u-turn and be like oh yeah we were supposed to do that from and clear that <laughs> up from the previous book <laughs> maybe we should do that maybe we should figure out somewhere to squeeze that in <laughs> so you well, you have I, like a blank canvas each time well this is my first time writing that in that in that kind of format like my previous series um are all like uh ongoing series so mm -hmm. normally I'm the same as you like normally they and and I tend to finish like I tend with my other series I'll tend to like finish the story of the book but there's always like a little thread like something kind of like loose left at the end yes. of a book and then the next one picks up where where that one left off um so yeah but I but this is a, this is my first time trying the standalones and it is quite nice actually it's quite nice having this feeling of like oh this is this is completely done like I can go in any direction I want for the next book like I literally don't have so it, it, it's kind of cool which is why like I when you asked me about the next book and I was telling you about the Snow White retelling I mean that's what I've got in my mind right now but it is entirely possible so disclaimer it is very possible that <laughs> I will end up going in a completely different direction or maybe not I don't know but um yeah <laughs> we'll have to see because you know, I did. Maybe I'll I'll decide that I want to go with the uh, princess consultant angle, and, <laughs> and that is a I fun angle. <laughs> it's a fun angle, and I like the support group as well. Um, yeah, it's kind of a thing you don't expect there, and like I think that I yeah. think that could be very. I think that you could. I think you could have a lot of fun with that. Yes. Well, and I'm also thinking that I'd like to do something like maybe a short story or, or a little something with this organization that's trying to like you know, this like wildlife conservation for dragon thing in Once Upon a Time. Like, I love the idea of something like a dragon protection society within the realm of a fairy tale world. Like, I think that could be quite good fun as well. And I could, and they would be against this whole fairy tale business because mm. it endangers the dragons. Exactly. So they could be, they could be trying to plant the seeds of rebellion, which could be exactly. interesting. <laughs> like, how do you convince princesses to like, give up on your, forget about it, happily ever after. <laughs> exactly. And try and get the whole thing to collapse and then like, and then see what happens afterwards. Yeah. Maybe like the dragons take over. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe the and the dragons become the new overlord. <laughs> <laughs> and they outlaw happily ever afters in fairy yes, tales. <laughs> Nobody can live happily ever after anymore. <laughs> that could be that could be wild. Um that could be wild. And then do they overthrow the dragons and put the system back in place? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. One rebellion and then another rebellion. Like well it, and it's the thing, isn't it? Like every solution to the pro to a problem given enough time will become a problem itself so yes yeah it, you could have a lot of fun weaving things weaving fairy tales into that yeah especially since there's more royalty than anything else like changing governments frequently would not it makes more it'd be more logical somewhere that has a lot of royalty <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know yeah where everybody is either a peasant or a royal and the peasants may not care what's going on because they're not the princesses they're not dealing with the problems of this unless the fairy tale sucks them into it somehow so they could pay no attention to what the government or anything is going on <laughs> yeah exactly and and they're just they're, and also like they're probably just getting on with their lives and there's yeah like dealing with all the problems that you have in you know in in your life and 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 what have you and probably not caring that much about you know because it's just like oh my god the world's at it again like just doing all their ridiculous things but we're trying to just you know yeah it's <laughs> like okay life. don't don't go near this town this whatever the royals are at it again yeah exactly just just stay away just keep your nose down <laughs> yeah yeah and especially if you're like a milkmaid or you know a, a shepherd or something you have a lot of tasks that you're you're staying close to home you know that that you may, you're maybe going to the local market but like you don't really care you're not really mixing with the royals all that often unless a no. fairy tale pulls you in i guess i like yeah. the idea as well of, of a milkmaid like being pulled into a fairy tale and being like no like no no or or, or their, their their parents te try to c tell them you know tell them their kids they you know ways of staying out of fairy tales yes, yeah, exactly. maybe they have their own rules to stay out of these things anti anti fairy tale um protection or behavior yeah, that could be that could be somebody else's side business exactly <laughs> There's a lot of consulting going on in Once Upon a Time, apparently. <laughs> I mean, why not? The royals have to do something, you know, if they decide yeah. not to be, to, if they decide to not be part of their fairy tale, they got to keep the castle up somehow. If she's, if she's not, you know, she's not bringing a prince in and his wealth, she, why not go into consulting, earn some coin, keep the debtors away, <laughs> keep the <Exactly>. castle? <laughs> yeah, because you're not supposed to be in debt when you're a princess. Like, that is like a no-no. And castles are like, you know, they're pretty expensive to keep up. Massively, massively. And it would be um, interesting, like, it, it, like the economic system, like if you're with the fairy tale, then I guess money shows up. If, if you're failing the fairy tale, I guess money goes away and you have to find some other way of, this is such a cool world. There's so much here. <laughs> you can explore so many different areas of it. It's so cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving, like, I'm loving, like, the, the logic that you're applying to everything. And you're, like, kind of, like, digging into all these different aspects and finding all these things that, like, yeah, like, the money thing and like the government thing and <laughs> but exactly, yeah yeah that's what when I when I first came up with it I was like oh this could be this could be good fun like this I can I can see this as a decent sized sandbox that I can like play around in for a while <laughs> that's a huge sandbox because there's yeah. like because you could you could like you could try applying logic to all different to all the uh, yeah and and have a lot and you could have a lot of fun with it too you know and like how do people in these different classes and 
what if somebody did become middle class? <laughs> what would they do? <laughs> what would their life be like? Are they yeah. dodging fairy tales on the regular? <laughs> <laughs> can you see the fairy tale when it's in operation so you can avoid it you if you don't want to be a part of it? <laughs> Yeah, or like, or like, what? Well, but then, like, th this is also something that's mentioned. Or can you join it? Can well, just a random person join the fairy tale and and, and knock someone else out of it? <laughs> well, the the middle, the, like, that's the that's kind of the interesting thing, I guess, with 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 a lot of fairy tales is you often have like like poor, like you know, poor but but um like you know, handsome or beautiful like milkmaids and shepherds and what have you, but you don't really have like you know, accountants or yeah. like, you know, you don't have like sort of, you know, the, the sort of middle class kind of, you, you, you tend to have like a peasant kind of like characters or like the Royals, but like in the middle, like they don't really, they don't really appear. So I think if you had, um, if you had like somebody from with, with like a, you know, like a non, non peasant type job getting sucked into a fairy tale, I feel like that would make the fairy tale not work the way it was supposed to like imagine if you had an accountant like suddenly get dragged into a fairy tale like that just would not what if the accountant a... what if the accountant wanted to be part of the fairy tale wanted a happily ever after so he didn't have to go and do the accounting every day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like i can't imagine accounting to be all that exciting back in like the uh, like you know in that time period you're you're counting bushels of hay and stuff <laughs> you yeah. know like like what if somebody wanted to like what if they conspired to like take someone's place in the fairy tale and get the happily ever after that wasn't meant for them <laughs> or maybe or somebody who's like an antagonist who keeps um like screwing up fairy tales because they keep trying to enter the fairy tale and it doesn't like work yeah. like, ends up being like the bad the bad guy because they keep sort of like they're like no I want the happy ever after but by doing yeah. that like, it keeps causing things to screw up <laughs> that could be fun yeah the evil accountant <laughs> or, or you know it doesn't have to be an accountant could be could no. be you know something else whatever works in 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 one in once upon time but like that could be really that could be a really cool thing like somebody like you, you we've got in in the first book people who don't want to be in the fairy tale but what about people who want to get in on that <laughs> and, like can they like like how does that like is there is there a way that they can get into it and become part of it and get that happily ever after? I mean, I guess so. There probably would be because in the same way that like Adriana in this book kind of like forces her way to a happy, you know, it's not like it, it's not flowing. It's not like a yeah. prince has just kind of come along and like she's actually she ends up forcing, you know, a fairy tale that's a very unconventional fairy tale in the end, but she ends up forcing a fairy tale um, to happen. So I imagine that you know somebody else could kind of like try to force something to happen and again it would be i like i yeah like it would be another fairy tale that's like unconventional and kind of ends on a pretty unconventional happy ever after um um yeah I, that, that, that's one thing that really drew me as well when i was first coming up with the concept is i, I really like the idea of um yeah of the un unconventional happy ever afters and i, and I like yeah. the idea of like unconventional people and unconventional situations and and still it's a it's a happy ever after it's like it's a kind of you know it's a it's their happy ever after it kind of like it doesn't fit the norm but it fits them no um, that's it and that's what it's supposed that's what a happily after should be it should be tailored to the people who are having it exactly exactly, <laughs> it exactly. Should, which is 
which is the idea, right? It's it's like, because the happy ever afters and traditional fairy tales kind of all look the same, but actually what it should be is it should be like everybody's happy ever after should look unique to those people because yeah, because we're all, because we're all different. Well, um, you could have it so that it looks conventional from the outside, but in, 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 once you're in their point of view, you see it's not conventional, but it's, it's makes sense for them and it's there happily yeah. ever after, but somebody looking from the outside would just see the traditional, oh, they got married, exactly. <laughs> you and know, happy ever after. <laughs> yeah. Not knowing that like, you know, they, they eat cake at, on Fridays and that makes them blissfully happy <laughs> or something. <laughs> Or, or they garden together, whatever, make, you know. <laughs> yeah, all the, all the, yeah, and but that's, a, and, and that's an actual happy ever after, like, not, not like um, the unconscious, the unconscious, um, yeah, fetish thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did she have to be unconscious at their wedding? <laughs> Good question. I'm trying to think actually with the, like, with the original fairy tale, if you actually see the wedding, I can't I, th I think you do. No, I think she, I think she's she's conscious at the wedding. Um, oh, and he also has he also has a thing for spinning wheels, so he also likes there to be a spinning wheel around. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're handy. I mean, that's how clothes get. That's how the yarn gets made. That oh yeah, no, but he likes there to be clothes. like like in terms of like like bed shenanigans, like se with sex. Like he likes there to be a spinning wheel. Like there there's, there has to be a spinning wheel involved. So he's got a lot of fetish. This this guy, this prince. <laughs> And, and and but it still meets the definition of happily ever after somehow, so it must be working for her. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it does. Like all the elements were there, and they had the big wedding, and and now they're living happy ever after, and that's what the happy ever after looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and well, one. Yeah, I mean, as long as she's enjoying it, it's all right. Exactly. Have the spinning wheels in bed if that makes you happy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The wheel fetish. <laughs> <laughs> it's a niche fetish for sure <laughs> they do not have an OnlyFans account sorry to disappoint <laughs> well, that would be a fun thing as well fairy tale OnlyFans account what would that look like <laughs> I mean you know you you could if they're, they're I mean there's a seedier side of every town and city so once yeah. upon time probably has a seedier side as well <laughs> yeah yeah exactly something else to explore <laughs> yeah just yeah and that does that seedier side involve actual seeds <laughs> who knows <laughs> you could have a lot of fun with wordplay too and and because yes. there is a lot of that in the original fairy tales <laughs> yes yeah and i no. love um terry pratchett as well like that he's one of my favorite authors and he does a lot yeah. of stuff in wordplay. yeah no i'm a big fan of that yeah, no, I I like I've read a lot of his books too. I don't think I've read all of them because there are a lot of them, but I've definitely yes. read um The Color of Magic and many other ones. Hmm. Yeah. I yeah. still like I know a lot of people don't like Rincewind, the but I always thought he was fun. <laughs> he's he's fun. Like when I first read The Color of Magic, I didn't like him so much, but yeah, he is he is quite good fun. And then I and I like all the all the other stuff that are outside of the color of magic. Um series like he's he's yeah he's got some amazing ones but i actually haven't read all his books because i know that no more books are coming yeah I sort of, I sort yeah of, like, them out <laughs> no i do the same thing i i i'm i am slowly reading the rest because i know there won't be more yeah yes yeah, it's, it's when you know there's going to be an end you're like oh 
it's like when you know that it's like you want to get this it's even with a good book you're like you're racing to the end but at the same time you're like no I don't want it to end <laughs> yeah 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 all good things come to an end they do, they do. <laughs> that sucks well it's yeah. been fantastic having you on is there anything else you want to say about once upon time or the kickstarter or the fa failing um, fairy tales <laughs> <laughs> um no not really i mean just that yeah the the kickstarter is um there's a lot of there's a lot of fun stuff so yeah definitely um definitely go and check it out um but yeah no it was it was it was super fun it was actually really fun brainstorming um all the potential for um for for this for this kind of crazy little fairy tale world <laughs> i've got yeah i'm leaving with loads of new ideas <laughs> no i love brainstorming and I, I always have like more ideas and i know what to do with so all ideas you got here take them <laughs> i will never write them there's 500 ideas sitting in my head in front of them yeah. i i <laughs> so. can totally sympathize with that because absolutely the same there's just like it's it's like your your tbr pile which is just never ending and then you have your ideas pile and it just keeps getting bigger and big and you're like man I'm never going to be able to write all of them because the more you go the more ideas you get <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm, I'm already I've already promised to write a whole bunch of other ideas that have been <laughs> in my head for a really long time <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure that your readers are anxiously waiting <laughs> for I hope so <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> we always hope that. We don't know. Like, what, That's yeah. the scary thing about writing it is you're like, well, I like it. Is anybody else going to like it? <laughs> you know? Is, is anybody else going to find the dialogue on page four really hilarious? <laughs> yes. Does anybody, does anybody else have my weird sense of humor and think this is going to be really funny? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And, then, like, and then you like you release the book and you're like, did you like it? Did you laugh at the places I hoped that I that I laughed? I mean, that, are you entertained? <laughs> like that scene from Gladiator. Yeah. Somehow that's always in my doing? mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, it's it's kind of a nice thing because it it almost feels like um, whatever sort of like thing we're into. There's like we're all a little bit weird. So there's going to be other people who have the same, like whose weird matches your weird, like, and that's the really lovely thing, isn't it? About, about writing and putting your books. Yeah. Out. Like, oh, people who are like weird, like my kind of weird. It's like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just finding them sometimes. That's like, mm. you know, I hope we all yeah. find our, our other people who yeah. match our weirdness. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Cause, Cause that's so much fun. But yeah. yeah. So don't forget to uh, check out the Kickstarter for this. The link is going to be in the description or the show notes. So that the fairy tale doesn't fail. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes, exactly. Help me keep the fairy tale world going. <laughs> yeah, because you, as you heard, like they have a they have a distinct lack of middle class. <laughs> it needs capital, and if if you would like to go become the second the middle class of that world, def yeah, definitely dive into the book. And um, it sounds like a ton of fun. Um, yeah, no, it sounds really it's it's. I think this sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm so glad you like the sound of it. Yeah, no, I'm really invested in it now. <laughs> the brainstorming. I feel like these people are my new best friends. You know, I need to go to the support group. <laughs> I might need advice about how to keep my fairy tale from failing. <laughs> but, uh, I'll let you know as soon as Adrian has set up her consulting business. <laughs> That could be so fun. You could have like, re you could have people write in 
you could you could do that as a newsletter too that would be so fun yes or like a yeah exactly like a or like a pamphlet or something that's like published every so often and it's just like hey here are today's tips to keep your fairy tale going <laughs> yeah and and maybe some gossip from from the world about other tales that you're may have thought of but are not yet writing about <laughs> that yeah, could that be fun be to like write down all the potential ideas and then i can just like cherry pick which ones to, to yeah like, this is great this, <laughs> this is fantastic you can encourage readers to like write you with like questions for Adriana and that could help generate like more ideas and more things to explore in there. Like this thing could just go on for, this thing could become its own franchise. <laughs> it's very cool. Well, thank you so much. Disney needs to call you because they have like a monopoly on a lot of fairy tales. <laughs> yeah, they do. They've remade a lot of them, haven't they? Yes, yes. That's one thing I forgot to ask you uh, mm. before we end. Um, how do you do the fairy tale retellings without, you know, have, running into the juggernaut that is Disney and, and poking that bear and getting I mean, them on your case? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess because what I'm doing is so quirky and so different. Like, I'm definitely not in any way shape or form like poking at the disney because i mean um you know for example the little mermaid like yeah disney didn't invent the little mermaid it 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 has been around for for a really long time before but it's obviously you know not not doing anything that's remotely close to the to the disney version but um yeah at the moment i'm not, i'm not too worried because i think i'm going so far in the sort yeah. of like quirky um unusual kind of side of things that um that i'm hopefully yeah well away from that but yeah no i definitely that is a bear i do not want to poke <laughs> i don't even yeah, want to like, so, so i don't you want keep, to think about a stick yeah yeah so i guess when you're when you're looking at potential fairy tales to go you're going back to the source material and yeah. anything that gets too close to disney oh no this is where Ooh. we change it <laughs> yes. yeah, 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 this is yeah, where the fairy tale fails <laughs> so yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. hit it yeah no that's that's is that is that a so that's a concern that you have when working on this or because you're taking it in so many other directions you don't worry about it i'm i'm not really worried about it to be honest um because because i feel like i'm 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 too far removed like i'm i'm not trying to do i'm not trying to do a serious or um also uh, genuine is not quite the word i'm looking for but i'm not genuinely trying to rewrite these these disney fairy tales i'm going in such a different direction that i think i think i'm fine on that on that front um yeah I mean, yeah um, no i think so too because you're because you're you're it doesn't sound like the fairy tale would survive in your first contact with your world intact no <laughs> the minute it, it starts to happen it's completely twisted and bent out of shape into something else <laughs> exactly exactly and it ends up by the end you're like yeah that doesn't look at all like where where is the disney fairy tale <laughs> like this does not look like it <laughs> that's when you put in the author's note well the, it was supposed this was inspired by x fairy tale <laughs> but i you can't really tell anymore exactly. it, it went in such a weird direction. But in case you were wondering where the idea started, this was <laughs> it. Do so do you use like Grimm's fairy tales or like is there like a source that you use for the fairy tales that you're that you're look at bringing into this world and modifying or um yeah so Grimm's and um Hans Christian Andersen um but yeah but yeah with Once Upon Time because it was kind of I kind of started off wanting to play more with the sort of um more sort of general 
yeah and tropes and and kind of rules of fairy tales so it's that's why it's been more of a mashup than than yeah. a straight up retelling um and yeah but as i go forward like if i if i decide to to retell a one specific um fairy tale then yeah i would be i would be um using the the source material from yeah whichever collection um and and uh, yeah and, and 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 sticking to that um yeah um but we'll we'll have to see whether whether it, it you know whether i do go for a snow white retelling for for book two or if i go into the uh the the um the consulting <laughs> consulting fairy tale angle that'll that'll we'll keep see. you far away from disney <laughs> yes i think i'm i think i'm so long as i'm going for those angles i'm pretty safe <laughs> yeah i know and those are such cool fun unexplored areas that you yeah. could have so much fun with um yeah no, this has been awesome. I, I know I kept you longer than we said <laughs> those questions. That's quite right. I had a great time actually. It was really fun for me as well. I love the brainstorming. <laughs> no, come back anytime. The the brainstorming is free. <laughs> actually, the whole thing is. <laughs> it's bonus. <laughs> it's bonus, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's I like throwing. To you, leave with a brainstorm. <laughs> yeah, that's happened a lot because I'm very I'm I never took those those tests where they give you the things, but I think ideation would be pretty high for me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> I'm full of ideas, they can't use them all, <laughs> so yeah. they're they're all yours to use. But thank you so much for coming on, and yeah, so don't forget to check out Once Upon Time by Celine John John, and you know, don't let the fairy tale fail. <laughs> help that help that fund. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want to know what happened. You don't want to find out what happens in the fairy tale fails. The fairy tale fails, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't sound pleasant. <laughs> but thank and you so much. Oh. oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say thank you so much for having me. I've had such a good time. Thank you so much for coming. And that'll do it for this episode of Fantasy Lore and More. So make sure to follow, like, subscribe, all those things uh, so that you get notified when the next episode drops. And we'll be back with another fantasy author and another fantasy book next week. <laughs>